The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Now there's five podcasts part of my network. We've got the Fantasy Feast podcast on Wednesday where we're taking some of the lessons learned for fantasy football from Joe Dolan on tomorrow's show. The Ross Tucker football podcast is still three days a week. I thought today's episode was hilarious. I've been dying to talk to one of the 200 million people that doesn't watch the Super Bowl in America. Because to my knowledge, I don't actually know anybody like that. Like, I don't know anybody that's not at a Super Bowl party or watching the Super Bowl. I've always been fascinated to find out, like, who are these people that don't watch the Super Bowl? Maddie Levy joined me on today's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. If you'd like a pretty good chuckle, I thought it was very entertaining. Kyle's Draft Podcast is a great one to get you prepped for the NFL Draft, whether it's just to know the players or get ready for your teams or just for betting purposes, get a better feel for what bets you want to make for the NFL Draft. Steve always talks about just how profitable the draft is. And by Steve, I mean Steve Fezzik at Fezzik Sports and only at Fezzik Sports on social media. I am at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. And that's really every platform. I mean, Ross Tucker NFL is Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Ross Tucker Pod is Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So whatever social media platform you are on, please follow us. So if we have to record on a different day or if we've got any important news or just the highlight clips of these shows, the video, you can see what Steve actually looks like. For those of you just listen on social media and me, I guess for that matter, I think you will really enjoy it. Mr. Fezzik, how are you? Who are these contrarian people that don't watch the Super Bowl, have never watched Godfather 1 or 2, uh, have never seen the movie Wall Street? Come on, get out. Stop being contrarian. It, it's a good event. It's a good movie. You know, it's just interesting, Steve, because you know I've lived a bunch of places. I've got 
a bunch of different friends from different social circles. But to my knowledge, all of them at least go to a Super Bowl party or have the Super Bowl on. So I was always fascinated. And I know you didn't get a chance because we just posted it today to listen to Maddie Levy on the Ross Tucker football podcast. But she makes buffalo chicken dip. She said, it's the Super Bowl. I got to make something, but then doesn't watch the game. Um, she did tune in at halftime for the Rihanna concert. So she she thinks of the Super Bowl as the Rihanna concert. Uh, but football bores her. Too many stops and starts. Like you hear sometimes criticism from the international folks who are more used to the, the free-flowing of soccer. And um, it was interesting. Like she's gone to Super Bowl parties and brought her computer, her laptop, so that while the game is going, she can like be playing video games or something on her computer because she doesn't like the action and doesn't have anything to contribute. She really just goes to Super Bowl parties for the food and for the halftime show, which I think, you know what, Steve, there's probably more people like that than you realize that really aren't in the football. They're there for the food and and the halftime show, but they're at least still at a Super Bowl party. She she tries not to even go to those. Fair enough. And full disclosure, I didn't watch the Grammys. I just found out this year there's apparently there's a very popular person named Lizzo. Who knew? So <laughs> I don't get out much myself outside of sports. Well, listen, she mentioned Sims. You know what Sims are? Uh, Billy Sims is the only Sims I know. Yeah, it's like a video game thing that I didn't know. Like you build stuff, Sims. You like build stuff. And then she also said, talk, talked about Avatar. And I thought she was talking about like the blue people, that movie. And she's talking about something totally different, evidently. I don't know, man. That's what makes the world go round, though. That's why I thought it was... um thought it was entertaining. So there's several things I want to get to with you, Steve. And by the way, really important that you guys continue to check out the show year round. Today, we're going to go over some of our takeaways um, from the NFL season. In addition to what Steve said last week, his number one takeaway being the sack props when there's bad weather, which I thought was interesting. So we'll talk a little bit about some of the other takeaways we have. Important to note, Sean Grady grades who does all of our math everything all of our grading reporting everything that you can find at patreon.com slash rt media if you become a tuckheads member he'll be on the show next week so i'll have a lot more to say about takeaways from a betting perspective but i also um, wanted to get your thoughts steve on some of the takeaways we got grades next week i want to get your thoughts on the xfl and i want to get your thoughts on what I'm seeing up in terms of the Super Bowl winner at DraftKings. I guess I'll start with this, though, Steve. With all of the coaching hirings, I don't know how often you update your power rankings. Um, Maybe you can get into that process a little bit. But with all the head coaching hires, especially when it's a first-time guy, like Shane Steichen with the Colts or Jonathan Gannon with – the Arizona Cardinals, how that impacts or affects what you do. You know, your power rings, how you feel about those teams, or if it's even possible 
to have a feeling about a head coach who's never done it before? Oh, it's certainly possible. Personally, I lack the the acumen um, out there to be able to evaluate whether I've got a Joe Judge coming in or a Zach Taylor in terms of who's going to succeed and who isn't. I probably have a little bit of a, not a bias, but I pay more attention to the younger coaches because the variance is so much higher. The older coaches that have been established, okay, we've got an average coach and we can expect that he's going to do a capable journeyman type uh, performance. So when a new coach comes in, it, it could be epic bad or it could be good. So, I mean, I, I, who saw the Dable thing coming with the Giants and how well they played, by example? At what point during a season do you say to yourself, okay, this coach is good. This coach has it. This is going to impact how I feel about this team, their power rankings, how I bet them moving forward. It's more the latter that I'm going to dismiss a coach by Halloween. <laughs> In fact, with Denver, you know, as soon as McManus was out there trying a 64-yarder um, and they weren't playing in Denver, that's all I needed to see. Hackett has to go, you know. Um, and I think I'm not on an island here. I think everyone in Denver and all of America that actually watches the Super Bowl and some select games realized this wasn't going to work. Yeah, you know what? I think we talked about it. I know I talked about it in the Ross Tucker football podcast. Steve, I, I felt like it was going to be really tough for him to come back from it after just the first game. And then the first couple of games, I thought, what are the odds he actually ends up being a good coach after this, right? Like, he might not end up being the worst ever, but what's the chances he ends up being actually good? And anyone who's been in a job that's been a challenge for them and they really screw up in the first couple of weeks – um, can speak to this. You could be yeah, kind of a capable employee. And let's say you go to Starbucks and you accidentally put rat poison in the first you know, coffee you, that you, you give to a customer. Even if you don't get fired, you're up against it because now all of a sudden the team, the media is just looking for your next mistake and looking to turn on you. And it's going to be very difficult to overcome it. Well, whatever you do, don't put rat poison anywhere near my delicious Labatt Blue Lights. I'll say this, I love football, but and we'll get into the XFL, but if you're watching some of these other sports, definitely makes it more enjoyable if you're drinking some Labatt Blue Lights with your family, friends, live life to the power of we, it's especially awesome for hockey, of course, Labatt Blue Lights, always enjoy responsibly, I don't know how they make it colder than other beers, but it is, beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What about Steve? coordinator hires do you care about coordinator hires do you track it do you follow it it would seem to me like there's some prop stuff there for sure you know guys that highlight certain positions more than others 
and have or have a track record like that. But what about you know for so so for individual players? I get it. What about for teams? I mean, like like Todd Munkin in Baltimore replacing Greg Roman. Should we care? Do we care? Do we not care? Do we only care if after the first couple of games they've shown us a reason to care or not? Oh, we care, but there's limited hours in the day. So am I going to spend 24-7 trying to analyze who the good and the bad coordinators are and how it's impacting the point spread when the truth is, yeah, it could impact the line up to a point, I suppose. It's just I personally don't have the time, but it's certainly something that if you did pay a great amount of attention to would make your handicapping even better. Interesting. Um, Yeah, I mean – I can speak from experience on this, Steve. Coaches matter. And not just head coaches. I think coordinators matter. I can tell you from my experience, having nine different offensive line coaches makes a difference. And I think uh, arguably definitely makes a difference in a game or two. You know, you can't tell that maybe when you're watching the game or other people. But, man, I, I see a couple things that the offensive line did wrong versus another team where they do those things right. That, that makes a difference. Well, as Speaking an example, football, oh, go ahead. we're going to talk about the XFL. So uh, Houston <laughs> Roughnecks look to be, they're my number one rated team right now. Wade Phillips, their coach is about a hundred years old. And so when he gets a touchdown, you can go for one, two or three points. And he goes for one from the two yard line without boring everyone with the analytics and the math. It's just wrong. Everyone knows it's wrong. My 11 year old son, who is a very sharp 11 year old knows you go for two. You don't go for one, but it's not just Wade Phillips. It shows me the entire coaching staff, the entire organization up to the ownership of the Houston Roughnecks is completely incompetent analytically because if you can't figure this out, Oh my goodness, how are you going to figure out whether you should go for it fourth and two from your opponent's 48? You know, it's it's just frustrating as a professional gambler how you've got these old school fossil coaches that may be very good at other aspects, but they have no idea what they're doing game theory-wise. Just hire someone to tell you what to do. Can you go through the math? Sure. So you get one point from the two, two points from the five, three points. Hold on a second, Steve. Just people, a lot of people are not familiar with the XFL. It started this past weekend. It's the third version of it. You cannot kick an extra point. People don't, that's, that's pretty important that people know that you cannot kick an extra point. It has to be a play from scrimmage. So you can do a play from scrimmage from, the two-yard line for one point. Keep going, Steve. I just want to make sure people understood. No, thank you. And, uh, yeah, probably everyone didn't watch every single XFL game like I did. So if you try from the two-yard line, you get one point. You're going to be successful a little less than half the time, called 45% of the time. So expectation-wise, that, that extra point try in the long run, you're going to score 0.45 points every time you try that. Now, if you move it to the five-yard line, you're probably going to be successful about 30% of the time. Maybe a little more, call it 30%. So 0.3 times 2 is 0.6. 0.6, Ross, is a lot bigger than 0.45. So it's worth an extra 0.15 points every time you go for it from for 2 from the 5 than erroneously going for 1 from the 2. Or you can try for 3 points from the 10. But I think you're only going to make it about maybe 17% trying the three-pointer from the 10. So that's worth only about 
five points. So go for two, then go for three. If you're not going to go for two, then go for one would be expectation wise. Now, of course, in the fourth quarter, game theory kicks in. If you're up nine, you should always go for one to try to make it a two score game, things like that. If the game's tied, obviously you should go for one. So in the fourth quarter, similar to the NFL going for two or kicking, those decisions kick in based upon what the score is. But that only happens come the fourth quarter. Um, so where do you get those percentages from? 45% from the two, 30% from the five, 17% from the 10? Just my estimates. Uh, in the NFL, teams make it just about half the time based upon what I've seen offensively from the XFL Ross, I refuse to believe they're going to make it half the time. It's got to be below 50%. Maybe it should be 43%, maybe 46%. Insert your own number. The thing is, it's irrelevant because any reasonable number you put in to the one and the two-point conversions, you're going to come to the same conclusion I just gave you. Go for two, don't go for one, and don't go for three. What were the other teams doing? Every other team was going for two. So they know the math. Yeah. So seven out of the eight teams are competent and have the um, the acumen of a sharp fifth grader, and Houston does not. You watched every second of every XFL game. I I did this week, and part tell, of that I'm live wagering as the game is going on, and that means I'm making money on it while you know I'm um, you know learning about the teams. You know, my number one takeaway, I'm sorry to say this because, you know, you're you know former offensive lineman, journeyman, five-plus different teams. You're a big O-line guy, Ross. I got to tell you, you know, your brethren cannot block in this league. The the defensive linemen, they are just storming in there. I wanted to ask you, do you think that this will improve with some more cohesion and experience? Because a lot of, a lot of teams got sacked three-plus times. One team, Orlando, had both their quarterbacks get sacked three plus times, just couldn't protect the quarterback. Um, so a couple things on that. Number one, it definitely, well, number one, there's always going to be a shortage of competent offensive linemen. I think in any of these secondary leagues, because most NFL teams carry nine O linemen and then you got at least a couple on practice squad. So it didn't used to be that way, but that's at least 11, I'd say, on every team. So 32 teams, you know, you're now over 350 in terms of – so then you get to that next group of guys. If, if they're not good enough to be on a roster or a practice squad with a 16-man practice squad, well, now you're, now you're limiting a little bit more, you know, what who's there. Plus – they're not going to be very experienced. So that's a skill thing and it's a blitz pickup thing. So I think as you go down the level, so the coaches are here and most of these guys are NFL coaches. So they can come up with the same blitzes, the same different types of disguises as they do in the NFL. The problem is the people that need to be picking that up, the O-line the running back and blitz pickup. The quarterback needs to see it. The receiver needs to know they're hot. They're they're not at that. They're not at the same level of football acumen as the defensive coaches because they're like 
they're like NFL caliber coaches that just got fired or whatever. Whereas the players playing just don't have that level of football IQ. In fact, that might be the thing that's preventing them from being in the NFL. And then you combine, they're all in that boat. Now look, I'm sure some of them are smart enough. Maybe they're just not tall enough or fast enough or whatever. Um, I do think it will get better over the course of the year for sure. Yes. And I have noticed that the defense is blood in the water. They are looking to score, Ross. They are looking to rip that ball away, get pick sixes. We saw a lot of scoring set up by the defense, if not done by the defense, realizing that they could not, the, the offense can't protect the quarterback. And frankly, the quarterbacks panic and they throw the ball up for grabs when they're under duress. So I think we're going to see more and more of that in the first month of the season. Okay, so I don't know if you really answered me. Tell me tell me why you watched every second of the XFL, and, and what, just tell me that, why you did it and what you thought of it. Because when the NFL season starts, everyone has a power rating that's fairly accurate usually on the teams. We know who's good and who isn't good. In a league like the XFL, we have no idea. To use an example... I bet every one of these games already The um, for week two. Lines have moved dramatically, and the betters, if they're doing their homework, are going to be ahead of the odds makers. To use an example, uh, I, I bet Seattle, the Sea Dragons, and the Vegas Vipers. I, I got both teams plus one and pick them on the opening numbers. Well, they're both favored now by two and a half and three. Just The bookmaker is just guessing – and if I'm spending more time than the bookmaker, I'm going to get the best of it in terms of the numbers because they're just guessing the odds makers. Whereas in the NFL, there's a lot less guesswork and a lot more knowing about how good the teams are going into the season. Got it. So you watched every second because it's a huge betting opportunity uh, or, or there's a, it's a huge value opportunity for you to have a better feel of who these teams are earlier than the books when they're setting the lines. And also as a content provider, I know more about the XFL than all my brethren because I'm spending so much time on it. So if you ask me about Big Ten basketball, maybe I can talk a little bit about it. Any other team, college basketball, there's other experts that are going to know far more about these teams than I will. By the way, bet against Northwestern every road game the rest of the year. You should make money in college basketball. I went to Northwestern, so I should know about that team. But um, in the XFL, uh, I'm living and breathing it. I got to tell you, the NFL can learn from the XFL. The kickoff rules, the punting rules are exceptional in the XFL. The NFL should copy them. Um, specifically, you know, when if you punt the ball out of the end zone or out of bounds, the ball comes out to the 35-yard line. What a great rule. I mean, let's have punt returns. Let's not have teams just kick the ball and go out of bounds on the five-yard line. I love that aspect of the XFL. Interesting. So do they limit you, Steve, in terms of how much you can bet? Like, because they know it's not the NFL and they don't know that much about it, I'm curious about what the limits are, you know, at at DraftKings and these other books. Sure. Well, you know, DraftKings is a very unique book because they take really big bets uh, from betters, but if the better shows that they can win, then oftentimes they limit those betters and they can they can't bet nearly as much. Here in town, the, the the opener to the market was circa 
Opening numbers took 3,000 on sides, 1,000 on totals. I can tell you, I'm not working for a big syndicate, Ross. I'm working for myself. And I don't have to divide all my bets by 10 working with nine other guys. So I can bet $3,000, bang, hit it twice. That's $6,000. That's perfectly good for little old Steve Fezzik, who um, doesn't bet, you know, $100,000 per game. Interesting. Um, But it sounds like you really liked it. You know, just the flow of the game, I I, I absolutely enjoyed. I even like the the crazy rule that in the fourth quarter, if you're trailing, you can go ahead and instead of an onside kick, you just get the ball on your own 25, fourth and 15. And we saw one team already successful with St. Louis went ahead and they got Ross. They're down 12 late in the game. They get what I like to call the Nazgul. The Nazgul is the nine point touchdown where you get the six and plus the three. So forget the eight-point octopus. They got a Nazgul. And then, and I don't have a term for this yet, they took the ball fourth and 15. Boom. McCarron first down, and they march down and win the game. Bold prediction, Ross, the rest of the year, we will not see someone successfully convert a Nazgul combined with that fourth and 15 afterwards. I'll predict there'll be about eight tries the rest of the year, and no one. No one else is going to do that. So good for AJ McCarron. Good for Catherine Webb. Good for the McCarron family. <laughs> what? Spell Nazgul or whatever you're saying. Uh, the Nazgul 9, N-A-Z-G-U-L from Lord of the Rings. They, those were those creepy walking dead guys that like rode on the horses in, in the first book and rode on like the flying things in the third book that were always after Frodo and one of them stabbed him and, he, and the, the, the little part of the sword almost went into his heart and Frodo almost died, but he got to Rivendell in time. Yes. I'm a geek. <laughs> oh, Steve, you're amazing. All right. I do want to look at, man, I didn't know we were talking about that for that long. Um, we'll do more of our NFL season takeaways like that will impact how we bet next year, next week with grades when we actually go over stuff. I did want to get your thoughts, your initial thoughts on the Super Bowl odds, I'm looking at DraftKings right now. They got Super Bowl winner. They got conference winner. Chiefs are plus 600 for the Super Bowl. Bills plus 700. Niners plus 800. Eagles plus 900. Bengals plus 1,000. I guess I, I'm a little surprised that the Bills have such better odds than the Bengals. Like, based on what? Yeah, that was my takeaway also. I hate all these futures bets, but... I, I kind of throw Cincinnati in there with Kansas City and Buffalo, right? As far as if I had to make a bet, I think Cincinnati has every bit as good a chance as Buffalo. So I think the Buffalo at around six and a half to one is far worse than the Cincy 10 to one bet. Not that I want to bet any of these, um, especially with the think about the, the AFC so stacked. And you could say, well, Buffalo, Cincinnati or Kansas City is going to win. Well, you know, it happens all the time. A team, look at what Philly did last year. So Philly kind of comes out of nowhere and just uh, starts the year 13-1. You know, the Chargers, they've got the talent. They could do that. It's possible. Teams do come from nowhere and have great years. Um, You said, though, with these type of bets, you're actually better off looking at the favorites as opposed to any of the longer shots. Like, people like to play, like, some of these longer shots, if you had to do it, if I said you had to, 
you probably put money like on the Chiefs or the Eagles or the Bengals, right? Sure, maybe Baltimore for for a longer shot, but like teams like Jacksonville, Jacksonville will never win the Super Bowl. Ross, write this down. The Lions are never going to win the Super Bowl. The rest of our lifetimes, and I'm hoping we live a long time. Um, okay, they could. And Jags Tiger and Lions looked- aren't that bad odds. Jags are plus 2,800. Lions plus 3,000. They're both like in the top 10, I think. Yeah, they. so, so you're getting 30 to 1. You should be getting 100 to 1. And, you know, we'll talk about the Masters. I saw Tiger Woods was like 60 to 1, and everyone's going to bet Tiger Woods. And I, I tweeted, Tiger Woods has a 0% chance of winning the Masters. And everyone's like, well, then get, give me 10 million to one. And I'm like, all right, 0% means less than half a percent. And so this is the cash cow that the sports books make tons of money is they just rake in the money on people betting things at, at 50, 80, 100 to one that really, in the Tiger Woods case, probably should be realistically 300 to one. So you're getting short paid, even if he wins, you're getting paid like, 16 cents on the dollar on what you should be getting paid. It is just a enormously profitable thing. And that's why these sports books love to promote their futures books. Next week, we've got our boy grades. You're not going to want to miss this episode going over everything Steve and I did this year. If you've ever curious, how are Steve and Ross when it comes to, by the way, I'm sorry. I didn't get to any email questions. Everything seemed to go longer than I thought it would today. I thought I'd get to a bunch of email questions today, actually. Uh, but next week, we'll have grades on. He's amazing. Everything you've always wondered, like, how do they do on teasers? How do they do on underdogs? How do they do on road underdogs? How do they do on home favorites? He has access to all of the information. Already fired up to see what he gives us in terms of information than what you and I have as takeaways moving forward. Check him out on social media at Fezzik Sports. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Should have told you, you can always watch the show, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL or any of our shows, or subscribe if you'd rather watch the highlight clips that way as opposed to social media. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.